Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you joined me. You are listening to Frequency Check with Dr. Lacey. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me again on another episode of Frequency Check. Listen, we've been enjoying each other for the last couple of weeks, and it's been a joy to go on this journey with you. I want to talk about something today that's a really, really serious topic, one that honestly had never Um, I had never considered speaking about. However, it's becoming um, very prevalent in our communities and in our culture, um, specifically to our youth, our teens. Um, They are experiencing an increased level of attempts at taking their lives. And so today I want to talk about suicide. I want to talk about suicide. So after some news I heard today, I felt compelled to discuss this topic. Honestly, I believe this is one of maybe two or three episodes that we'll talk about this because I really want to dig deep into this topic and unpack a lot of misconceptions. And then I would like to get some feedback from specialists on this topic because suicide is something that we can no longer be silent about. For now, I'm just going to share a little bit of my thoughts about what's going on in this culture of this ideology of suicide. So there have been a number of news outlets that's, that are reporting that singer and entertainer Miss um, Tamar Braxton is now in stable condition um, after being found unresponsive from what appears to be um, an attempted suicide. Now, I recognize that there are a number of celebrities that have had similar incidents, um, for instance, Fantasia Barino and some others. Uh, it's really a big thing, and we hear about it a lot with those who are celebrities. Um, and so, you know, it, it's something that it, we're not un- unaccustomed to hearing about. But But this one kind of stuck to me because I feel like I feel a sense of connection with Tamar. And I know that there are people that I know or who may be listening to this podcast right now who may have suffered from suicidal thoughts or even have attempted to take your own life. And so I want to I want to be uh, talk about this topic very conscious of a lot of emotions that come with it. At the same time, I don't think that we can afford to distance ourselves from this phenomenon anymore. So for me, um, Tamar, Tamar is like my girl. <laughs> we we share almost the same birthday. Um, it's around the same time in March. And we were raised in very similar family situations. Um, her father was a pastor. Her family sings. They grew up in the church. They grew up with a family group. And that's a lot like me. And so for me, I, I feel like I get Tamar. I mean, she's loud. She's super sensitive. And she's always coming for somebody. But, you know, I see her. She's the baby girl of a large family. And so am I. And and, and we have so much, so much that I would say con- connected. And I feel very close to her and I can understand what she is always trying to say and I can understand how she's wrong. Um, at any rate, if this is true, this particular incident bothers me. Now, I don't know. I, I'm feeling really vulnerable just having this discussion and not because of anything within me, but because this topic has been such a taboo topic and one that I've never been comfortable discussing, nor have I heard a lot about suicide growing up. And so I just want to talk about that because that has to do with the frequency. Why are we not discussing uh, a topic so important like suicide and 
do we continue to ignore it? And, you know, how is it within different cultures and, you know, the church culture, the black church culture, the black family culture, it's something that I feel very strongly we need to stop hiding behind the word and really dig deep into the circumstances that surround it. So, of course, you know, well, maybe you don't know. I'm not sure if I've talked to you about it. I am the daughter of an old school, traditional, apostolic and militant he was former military father. Um, I'm one of seven children, and pretty much most of my life was centered around church, music, school, and then more church. Growing up, the most I heard about suicide was that if if someone killed themselves, that they were going to hell. I mean, that really was it. That was it. And I can remember as a child that one of the family friends um, committed suicide by setting herself on fire. But I really don't remember the details. I can't remember her name. If I think closely, I can remember her name. I don't re- I didn't even remember her face um, when it happened. I, I just I remember there was a lot of sadness in my house and, and I was very young. Um, but I could definitely definitely feel that the sadness over her death, it was there. But I vaguely can remember a lot of talk about her fate. There was questions about her fate, but that was it. And then I think the next time suicide came up in my life was a classmate of mine. Um, when I was a junior or senior in high school, committed suicide. And I remember that it happened. I remember how sad um, my classmates were. And I knew this student and I had classes with him, but I wasn't close to him, but it affected a lot of people that I was close to. And I remember the counselors coming into the school and wanting to talk to us about what was going on, but it was mostly about grief and emotion centered around it. And and that was it. So that was, you know, probably five, six year old. And then again, when I was 16 or 17, and then later on in life, um, probably about 13, 14 years, um, an older person, a closer person of mine, um, it is kind of assumed that this person committed suicide. And it bothered me a lot because the love that I had for this person and just because I was like, this is obviously, you know, is this person going to um, hell? You know, because I know that they were suffering some mental mental illnesses. Um, but I still didn't dig in. I, I didn't. And I, I don't I guess I don't know why, but part of me is because it wasn't a culture of something that we talked about. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it was OK. I, I'm not sure. I can't say that we will be condemned for talking about it. I just know it, it was something that didn't come up. It's just a topic that I actually run away from. And allow me to go on record. I do not believe that those who commit suicide are going to hell. At this point, I'm looking at it like we have to talk about this because today I hear about suicide so much. I'm often pulled into counseling sessions with teens because they are at low lows and they're suffering from, you know, huge depressions and um, difficulties kind of coping with life. And, and they say things like, I wish I was never born or my family will be happier without me or, you know, um, I don't know, just I, I don't I don't think my family loves me and, and just so much. And I'm thinking about how 
how in the world does a teen, a child come up with this philosophy or this ideology that, you know, immediately think about ending their lives? And honestly, I, I had to take inventory because I wanted to ensure that I wasn't being judgmental. Like, am I judging somebody's process? And no, and, and I, I don't believe I was judging it. I just didn't understand it. Later on in life, because of who I am as a pastor and a counselor and a mediator, I understand clearer that folks go through these types of things, whether it's, you know, they're battling just depression or if they struggle with mental illness or chemical imbalances. This is real. Um, Now, for me, I, I can honestly say that I have been blessed that I have never um, struggle with suicidal thoughts. I, I have not. And I have, I have traced my life and thought about it because if one time I'm like, well, why, why is, why is the immediate thing to go and go from living to dying? You know, I just didn't understand. And so I, I remember about, I want to say four or five years ago, I just wanted to assess, Alacia, have you ever felt suicidal? And the answer was no. And I know that that's not the story for most people. I can remember feeling unloved and I felt like, oh, if I drive into this sign, then maybe if I'm hurt, someone will love me. But I've never felt like I wanted to die. And I have to say, thank God. But that's not the story for most people. And I want to acknowledge that. I see you. NAMI is an organization, some people call it NAMI, N-A-M-I, and they focus on mental health um, illness, mental health um, in, in America. And I know about NAMI because I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and we partner with NAMI. So there are a lot of um, uh, events that we may volunteer at with, with NAMI. But according to NAMI's webpage, there's a, a list of mental health facts in America. 43.8 million adults experience mental illness in a given year. That's one in five adults in America experience a mental illness. Nearly one in 25, that's 10 million adults in America, live with serious mental illness. One half of all chronic illnesses begins by the age of 14, three quarters by the age of 24. One in 100, that's 2.4 million American adults live with schizophrenia. Wow. 2.6%. That's 6.1 million of American adults live with bipolar disorder. 6.9%, 16 million of American adults live with major depression. That's huge. 16 million of American adults live with major depression. And then 18.1%, 42 million people, American adults live with anxiety disorder. This is astonishing. Depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide and is a major contributor to the global burden of disease. Because when you're depressed and you're anxious, you're releasing these chemicals in your body and they're causing you to be sick. Check your frequency. This is also about what you're receiving in your hearing. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you consuming yourself to? Approximately 26% of homeless adults Staying in shelters have serious mental illness. 
approximately 10.2 million adults have co-occurring mental health and addiction disorders. Wow. Nearly 60% of adults with mental illness did not receive mental health services in the previous year. Next, nearly 50% of youth aged 8 to 15 years old did not receive mental health services in the previous year. African Americans and Hispanic Americans use mental health services at about half, half the rate of whites in the past year, and Asian Americans at about a third of the rate. Y'all, these are astonishing numbers. Why am I talking about mental health? Because a lot of times when people get to the point where they want to end their lives, it's because something about what they're feeling, they've been unable to articulate or they feel like they're not understood. And I think that's one of the things that bother me, especially with teenagers, when they say things like, you just don't understand me. I'm thinking I'm trying so much, you know, I'm raising teenagers. And so I'm trying. Um, but I want to know now, yes, because I'm a believer. I do believe that a lot of this is spiritual implications. I can no longer say, oh, that's a spirit or that's a, a, a negative energy and da, 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 da. People need God and counseling sometimes. People need God, counseling and medicine. And I recognize that. And you cannot, you know, deduce this down to just a spiritual principle. I do believe that prayer works. I believe that uh, meditation and being in the presence of God is very helpful. I know it's helpful in my sanity. You know, um, you know, the Bible talks about taking all of our burdens to the Lord and connecting with God and understanding that this kind of yoke is easier than what we deal with. I do understand that. And I do believe, uh, however, there is something about the lack of conversation about suicide and mental health that is continuously um, causing our people to suffer and and to not have the help needed. And so I, I went to the World Health Organization, um, just giving you all some good <laughs> resources, some primary resources when you're doing your research. And they have a lot of statistics on this page, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the suicide data. Close to 800,000 people die due to suicide every year, which is one person in every 40 seconds. Hold on. Really? One person every 40 seconds. It's equivalent of that. 800,000 people die to suicide every year. Suicide is a global phenomenon and occurs throughout the lifespan. So we can't say it's just teenagers. Shoot, I saw something um, earlier this last year, maybe, where, where just young, young kids like nine and seven, you know, committed suicide because of bullying. And I'm just like, oh, my God, how, what? I mean, I know part of me because, you know, I'm not a millennial. I'm not part of Generation Z. I know I look it. Thank you very much. But I'm older and I'm thinking, well, people didn't like me. And, you know, I got bullied in school because I wore dresses all the time and all of this other stuff. I mean, and it was very hurtful and and I cried a lot. I don't remember feeling like I just don't want to live. And, And that's why I that's the part of me that believes that it's a spiritual warfare concept because it's so prevalent now. You know, and when I do compare myself, I'm like, you know, I was taught just tough it out, toughen it out. You know, and I don't feel like that's the the answer for everything. But I also understand that we've got to build our children up to have tough skin. However, this is still a problem. This is for every 40 seconds a person commits suicide. 
And so we can't say anymore that it's just children who are young and it's because of bullying or it's teenagers because they're going through, you know, hormonal changes or it's college students because they are being pressured with life or it's, you know, new moms because of postpartum depression or new fathers or, I mean, it spans the age, generations. You have older people who are committing suicide. You have young people who are committing suicide. I mean, we have a, 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 just a number of pastors come on. And I, I look, 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 I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I understand you're on a spiritual high, but then you have to live in this earthly body. You're not sure if you're being effective. You don't know if the people love you. Rejection is very hard on a number of levels. People are very, um, people betray you, betray your trust. And I get it. And then it feels like it's so much pressure and so much weight except I get it. But even the pulpit, the pastors are not kept people. While we talking about all this other stuff, we really need to sit and discuss this. This is a problem. Suicide is a problem. And I'm, I don't have fear because I know that God does not give us a spirit of fear. However, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Can, can I say that? I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about this topic right now. And maybe it took Tamar Braxton, if it's true to cause me to pay more attention. And, and I'm going, I, I've already started contacting, you know, counselors and therapists that I know because I want to have a conversation. I, I want to have a conversation. And I do believe that prayer works. However, this world that we live in is much different, much different than what we're accustomed to. And I think we have to recognize that. I feel like what I want to do is really talk about tools like what can you do if you're feeling like you want to um commit suicide there 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 is help um and we'll talk about that later but i mean what do y'all think this is one of the times that i want you to interact with me on facebook i'm gonna you know start start a conversation on my page and and let's figure out how do we attack this and and help in, in a big way how do we learn how to cope with disappointments. What do we do? What, what do we say to our children when they're not liked by other children? Do we shield them? Do we help them socially? Is it important? I mean, life like we know it does, does not exist anymore. And therefore, our tools have to be different. Now we're talking about virtual learning because of the pandemic, of the COVID-19 pandemic. So how are we going to protect our kids from cyberbullying? There is so much cyberbullying that goes on I mean, sometimes I think when when we as people think it's funny, it's borderline. It's wrong. Like it's not borderline wrong. It's wrong, period. But it's it's a borderline bullying because you continue to just and then and then I'm like, somebody take the phone. Don't let these people do the videos and and all this stuff, because. People are coming on the pages to mock. And I'm just like, you know what? Even as it concerns racism, as it concerns um, everything that's going on right now, you know what I see? There is a humanity issue. This is a humanity issue. And if we can just go and make fun of a person because of their disability or because that they're struggling, it's a humanity issue. And we should not allow it to be named among us. I want to have a discussion and I want you to help me. I want you to go to my Facebook page, Alacia Black Hackett. Go to the public page, 
because I'm, I'm phasing out the other one, but I, I want you to put on there some things that you would like to hear about so that I can go and call the experts in this area and we can have a serious conversation because I'm going to tell you something else I want to talk about physician assisted suicide, but I've done an extensive amount of studying on this. And so physician assisted suicide, I mean, for real, come on. Like, let's put it on the table. Is it ethical? Is it not? Um, can, can, I mean, just really just a number of things that we can just unpack with suicide, but we can no longer sit back and allow the narrative to be told to us by the media because the frequency is off with it. We're not hearing enough information. And do I believe that everybody has a mental health um, disorder? No, I don't. I believe that um, as long as you allow medicine to, 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 um, to treat certain things, then, then certain physicians are going to find out, find a reason to help the pharmacies and the big old pharmaceutical companies. So no, I believe that sometimes we overdiagnose people. I absolutely believe that, but I do believe that as, um, a, a people, we've not evolved as much as we say we've, we've evolved. We are consistently um, engage with some type of social media or some type of electronic device. And I believe that affects us. We have this information at the palm of our hand on any given moment. And I believe that affects us. It, it affects how we think about uh, ourselves. It affects what we do, all of this stuff. So I want us to have a conversation and I'm probably going to dig into this a lot more, but I just wanted to come because honestly, I'm uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. And this podcast could be just for me, but I'm very uncomfortable talking about this. But I realize that I have to face reality and face truth because I am interacting with people every day that are struggling with this very topic. And I can pick it up. I can pick it up. I pick it up in the spirit and I might go and, sh and show love to a person or hug them. But now we have to socially distance. So then what we do? What do we do now? Is it safe for you to do that when there is possibly a gun or a knife or, you know, you're not sure what what kind of um, mental state a person is in? What do we do? Well, the Bible says I will not lead you, leave you comfortless. So I'm not going to leave you hopeless. There is hope there. This conversation is going on. There is a lot more attention on mental health. I believe more resources are being pushed into mental health because a lot of things um, are not what it seems and you need resources, you need finances in order to provide the type of help that people need. So if you or a loved one is experiencing any type of suicidal thought, I want to give the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is one 800 273 8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Also ways to help. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. Let them know if you're feeling kind of depressed or something happened. And, and a lot of people say, well, I don't want to be diagnosed because it's going to be on my, 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 my uh, records. Well, that's true. But you know what? get over it. When they test your blood and they say you pre-diabetic, it's going to be on your records too. So get over it. You need help. I mean, for real, like you can't, you can't do this alone. Connect with other individuals and families, you know, talk to your families, at least try, 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 try. 
Talk to a spiritual leader. Talk to a pastor. Find somebody that you trust. Ask somebody for help. It is okay. We're all trying to get through this life together. Learn more about the mental illness. Visit websites. You can go to NAMI.org. You can go to, you can do a Google search and get information. People help each other. Make sure that you're checking on family members. It is so hard to not be able to hug someone. It's so hard for me. Like, I was going to defy everything and drive to South Carolina to go see my parents. I miss my parents. I want to crawl into bed with my parents. Yes. Over 40 and all. Uh-huh. I sure will. I want to see my mom and dad. And I was just going to do it. But then I thought about me possibly putting them at risk because I want to see them. And that's really hard for me. But right now, I, I do my best. I taught my parents how to utilize um virtual calls and so I'm able to see them I can't touch them and smell them and stuff but I'm at least trying to stay connected I bug my brothers and sisters all the time <laughs> it's me all the time that's calling and checking on everybody and trying to be intentional and in reaching out to people that who are connected to me that I'm connected to just to let them know you are on my mind and not just you know faking like oh let me reach this person I really am thinking about people. I'm thinking about you. And if sometimes that's all that a person needs to know is I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you when I pray. God puts you in my spirit. I'm thinking good thoughts about you. I see you. And some people, why don't you do that? Do that. Let's do that. After you listen to this podcast, find someone. Send them a small text and say, I see you. I, I, I know you exist. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I see you. And so we're going to keep the conversation going. We're going to, to learn together. Um, at, matter of fact, I'm actually in tears while I'm doing this podcast because I don't know. I can feel, I can feel that this is a topic that's needed probably more than I ever know, knew that it was needed. And I want you to know that together, we're going to get through this. We don't have to figure it out on our own, but don't worry about it. Together, we're going to walk it out. I love you now. Until next time. You have been listening to Frequency Check with Dr. Lacey, where we discuss what are you listening to? What are you absorbing? What has your attention and what is influencing you? Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you will not miss one of our episodes. If you like what you hear, make sure to share with somebody and don't forget to check the frequency before you accept it. Until next time.